Hello, my little chickadees out there. Welcome to another episode of Dazing the Dolls. My name is Patty Baston, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things love, sex, dating, relationships through the eyes of a trans person. Welcome! On today's episode, we're going to be talking to a really, really, really gorgeous couple. We're talking to Eliza and Faye, who are the most wholesome and loveliest people in the entire world. I love them very, very much. I have a very, very big place in my heart for them. and I'm sure by the end of this episode that you will too. I just think they're great and I'm really excited to share their story uh, with you all. But before we actually get started on the episode, I just want to put like a little disclaimer in there. I, literally a couple of days before recording this episode, I'd had a lip lift. So I was off my tits on drugs and um, my mouth was hurting a lot. So I couldn't talk properly. Now, Imogen, the editor, has assured me that I don't sound miserable. And I don't sound like I'm spaced off my face throughout this podcast, but I'm aware of how I felt, so I hope it doesn't come across. Um, and you'll have to let me know what you think. <laughs> um, without further ado, guys, let's get the episode started. Let's start off the podcast by, first of all, if you could both introduce yourselves. I'm Eliza. I'm Faye. Both look gorgeous today. I mean, the people listening at home would be able to see you, but I can just say that even though, Eliza, you had a very late night last night, you look bloody gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And what are your pronouns? She, her. And Faye, what are yours? Oh, I'm away with the fairies. <laughs> she, her. <laughs> okay, fabulous. So you are a really, really gorgeous couple, and I'd love to know a little bit more about you. That's why we're talking to you today. How did you first meet? you want to begin? Well, we, um, we met online. On Bumble. Bumble, it was, Bumble, it was yeah. dating app. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So we're a fan of the apps. We've been talking quite a lot so far on the podcast about different apps and things. So you've tried the apps. And yeah. um, how long ago was it that you both met on Bumble? It was 2020, like a few months before the pandemic, basically. Oh like we'd, we'd just started talking sort of around late January, early February, was it? Yeah. Something like that. And then we, we basically sort of got officially together like about a week before, you know, everything closed. Yeah. Before the world went to shit. Yeah. So <laughs> we basically had a choice, didn't we, of what we're going to do in terms of like, isolating like would we live together or would we go back to our own families or whatever and we just decided to make it go a bit didn't we and yeah in the um just sort of living together yeah we uh it, it, was, it was such a strange situation like we, we were sat there waiting for the announcement like waiting to be told we essentially might not be able to see each other for an indefinite amount of time yeah and she has never left <laughs> You firmly cemented yourself into uh, yeah. into each other's lives. I love yeah. that. But isn't isn't it interesting how so many people's relationships started just at the beginning of lockdown? And then, like my best friend, he was exactly the same. His partner and him, I think, met three weeks before lockdown started. And then, and I was like, God, they're going at this very quickly. And then I was like, Yeah, well, we've moved in with each other now. And I'm like, Right, okay. And then it's interesting to see what happens when people come out of the lockdown and and how relationships have then fared. And I think it's safe yeah. to say that yours has been going boomingly and and fabulously so far. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a nice ride, hasn't it? And, you know, we've sort of got used to each other. And, you know, like this whole, you know, sort of my, my trans journey basically started in lockdown. Didn't it? You know, like before that, it wasn't really sort of on the radar. Yeah. So, yeah, so much has changed, but for the better. I guess you've kind of gone through your journey like with each other then completely yeah. from start to scratch. So how were you identifying when you first met Faye Eliza? Um, I was identifying as he, him. Like I'd, it, it wasn't, and I've, I've always known that there's been something a little bit different about me that I couldn't quite sort of pin down, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But growing up, we weren't taught about trans people 
you know, or it wouldn't have that education in schools. So there was no sort of accessibility to sort of maybe explain the feelings that I was having and whatever. So it just, it wasn't there at all. And then you kind of just randomly one day decided to put me in makeup. And I, I still don't know why. Like, I, I don't know why you decided to do it. I just got a lie. Yeah. It's just, there's something else there. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just fancied doing it as well. Yeah. We were watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was like, hey, you know, I'll be ah, fun. There you go. That's what it is. You're like, do you fancy a bit of that then? I'm like, yeah. yeah, go on then. And then Eliza sat there begrudgingly being like, you know, like, oh, I really don't want to actually do this. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, hello. Yeah. Where's she well, been all this time? This is it. It was like literally seeing somebody I recognised, if you know what I mean. It's like, the penny just dropped. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I looked in the mirror and straight away thought, oh my God, I'm trans, but there was something there. It was more than just. You did pretty me. much though. Like, your yeah. face kind of like completely changed. Yeah. And it was just like, and, and my friends for years have sort of been saying, oh, you should try being a drag queen or whatever. You should try this or that. And I never just didn't occur to me, you know? But yeah, you, you did that. And I, I think it's because you made me look feminine like so I've, I've worn dressing things before but it's usually been for Halloween and like this mm-hmm. ghoulish makeup but the fact that you sort of made me look feminine you know I had the wig mm-hmm. I had your dress on and it was just like something slid in place yeah. and then well that's it I, I didn't want to make a, a laugh and a joke at it mm-hmm. because it, it obviously it's quite a serious matter and yeah. you were obviously trusting me to, to do it yeah so I was like all right I even went for the winged eyeliner you did yeah and how they which I still can't do. I still can't do it myself. <laughs> it's a nightmare, though, isn't it? No one can do it properly. It's, it's yeah. a struggle, and I had to take my hat off to anyone who can confidently and easily achieve a wing line. Just one off. Yeah, it was a one off. Yeah. So, how did that? Like, whenever you first had your makeup done and you were first sort of like presenting in like a proper fan way with your partner, how did that feel for both of you? How did it feel for you? Because to me, like, I think at first I was a little bit shy. Like, I was a bit, like, can you remember I, I didn't used to like talking because no. I, I was really, like, concerned about my voice. And I mm. still, still have issues with my voice, but I'm, I'm trying to work on it. But I, I, it was quite normal. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you felt about it, but it, it just felt quite right, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm. Like, there, there was no awkwardness. Like, it wasn't like I was hiding from you or anything. Like, the only time I hid from her is when I tried to do my makeup myself for the first time, and I was awful. <laughs> Oh, that's the only time, really. Yeah, it just felt quite natural, and it's like seeing you, your confidence improve. I mean, it's you can't really argue whether it's the right choice when both of us just feel so good and confident yeah. about it, really. Yeah. yeah. There was nothing to question in my mind. And you, she's been so supportive, like, the whole way, like... Even like in terms of, in the beginning, like I said, things like, well, I'm, I'm never going to leave the house like this or anything like that. And straight away you said you will, weren't they? Like mm-hmm. you, you were certain that I would. And you encouraged me to do that. Like when I went out the first time on my own and whatever, you were totally supportive of it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm not used to having so much support, if that, if that makes sense. Like from past relationships that have been quite restrained, restricted and controlling and whatever. And mm-hmm. You've been the complete opposite. You've like enabled me. You do get a bit wary sometimes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all need, though. We all need a fang. We all need someone who's fighting our corner and sort of pushing us to do things that 
might make us feel a little bit uncomfortable at the time, but are all for the, the greater good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I find it interesting as well when people at work sort of ask me about Faye, because obviously, you know, I told them we were getting married ages ago. And like, since coming out at work, we've been sort of saying like, oh, are you, are you still getting married? Are you, are you still getting married to Faye? You know, and, and things like that. And it's like, yeah, it's changing gender obviously it's it's a massive deal but in terms of how it makes me feel attracted to Eliza it's exactly the same well this is it as well like, I'm still the same person like you don't your personality doesn't change what what happens is your personality sort of matches up the person on the outside mm-hmm. just like finding that mm-hmm. connection you know you, you don't change who you are and it's just becoming more you it, yeah it makes you more confident and that confidence is what's attractive <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you. It is, it's interesting. I, I can have a bit of a sort of um, an inside look on that as myself because I dated a trans girl for four years, a long time ago. And it was while I was still sort of presenting and pretending to be cis. <laughs> Although I was always kind of like something, I was like, you know, cis, but with a lol. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> um, something else there. There was always yeah. something. I mean, I looked like a futuristic vampire prostitute <laughs> at the time. Um, but but when I when I met my partner at the time when we first met, she was um, living as a, as a as a man, and then quite quickly told me, "Oh, I'm trans," and I was like, I'm "Still find you just as attractive." Yeah. And it was yeah, I was very I was besotted with that person at the time. So, you know, I was attracted to them, and everyone kept saying to me, I, "So I can totally appreciate it from how you've said it just then, just there and then." But like everyone was like, "Well, you know, how how do you feel like with this? Because you've always been attracted to men." do you still find her attractive? I'm like, yeah, like hundred percent because it's, it's the person that, you know, it's, it's, it's not their gender I'm attracted to. It's, it's who they are. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I guess that when you kind of can take a part of your, you take a part of yourself out of it and you can see what good it's doing for that person. And then you realize actually that your attraction to them isn't just based on 100% of a physical thing. Cause if, if you are attracted to someone and you're with someone, purely based on their physicality you're probably with them for the wrong reasons yeah exactly yeah but you two have so much in common you know you're you just seem like the most gorgeous little couple ever i think one of the things we work we do we have a lot in common but there's also things that we don't have in common and i think that because in in the past i've been in relationships where like you know we've, we've had everything in common so the tiny little things that we don't have in common sort of become more of an issue whereas with us i think there's like there's enough middle ground in there, like, you know, I like yeah. going out and getting drunk, whereas you're not a big fan of that, but, mm-hmm. you know, you like, you know, pottering around in the garden and, and things, but then there's things we do together and we sort of indulge in each other's sort of passions and things as well, so it's it's quite a nice little, yeah. little setup we've got going. That's, yeah. It's like, you know, being actively interested in what the other person's doing, yeah. even though you can't make both your yeah. life. And- <laughs> yeah. I mean, you sat there with a skull behind um, and on a uh, gravestone behind your heads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's not that's... supposed to be there. That, I think that was when we 
I filmed something with Anna a few weeks ago, we just never moved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens to a lot of Halloween yeah. decorations in this house. Nobody bats an eyelid when they come in. No, I can imagine. You must be loving it at the moment, though, because some of the Halloween stuff is coming back into store. Oh, yeah, yeah. This this is my time. This right, is this your is time. Yeah. yeah. Autumn is on the uh, is on the cusp of arrival, so <laughs> Eliza the, thrives. It's just out there, yeah. It's just on the horizon. It's Winston. We've already got big plans, haven't we? Mm. Very excited. So you mentioned a minute ago that you're getting married. Yes. That's very exciting. Yeah. Oh my god, please tell me about all of this. I want to know, first of all, who proposed to who? Um, where where are you getting married? What are you wearing? Um, uh, who's doing your makeup? Wink wink. Um, <laughs> I want to know everything about this, please. Right. So we've been talking about sort of a marriage, like sort of getting married for a while, sort of just mm-hmm. floating like because your family are big on weddings as well, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they sort of Okay, let's be real. I float the idea. A lot. Yeah, you you, men- you mention it in front of your mum, so your mum gets talking, and then everybody starts talking and yeah. checking. <laughs> and it was the day before Christmas Eve. Um, Faye's mum came round, and she had a ring that was a bit like it's a family engagement. Well, it's my mum's. It's your mum's. Yeah, yeah you've got it around. Yeah, anyway. I wear it on my neck because work. Can't put it on my hands because I'm a chef. <laughs> and, and she came round like the day before Christmas Eve, and she says, "Look, no pressure. Here's the ring." Post to pay whenever you're ready, like no pressure. And I just thought, well, do you know what? I might as well just do it on Christmas morning. Like, just, you know, why not? Like, there's no point waiting. Like, it's going to happen. You know, so I, I put it in the uh, very bottom of stocking, you know, which we opened in, on the bed on Christmas morning. And um, you, you pulled it out, didn't you? And you like looked at it for a few seconds and didn't really. It didn't I was really like, and I'm like, look, this it. looks an awful lot like my mum's engagement ring. What's <laughs> it doing here? <laughs> Completely baffled. It just did not occur to me that I was being proposed to. Oh. And then she started crying. <laughs> yeah. And I had to ask if they were happy tears or not. Mm. So I'm like, oh, is, is this backfired? Like, mm. Why is she crying? I was, little... I was doing a proper cry, like, like Vicar of Dibley crying. Aww. You know what? I was very happy. There was wedding bells in the air then. Yeah. And then when when is the wedding? So it's it's next year, October the 28th, 2023, the day after my birthday. It's going to be um, so exciting. Is it Fiverr Castle, it's called? No, it's... Um, Fiverr. The, the Rotherham Golf Club. Yeah, Rotherham Golf Club. Yeah, it's called okay. Fiverr Hall, is it, or something? Fiverr. Fiverr, yeah. it's called Fiverr. I, I, I can never remember what it's called. We do know where we're getting married, I promise. <laughs> it's, it's called Rotherham Golf Club, but it's got like a fancy name as well. It's, it's lovely, like... Mm. If you, if you look online, the, the grounds are gorgeous. There's a beautiful staircase, which is just made for bridal photos. Oh, my God, we'll get loads and of pictures there. It's a nice grand hall as well, isn't it? It's just, it's just perfect. As soon as we went, like, we went to look, look, didn't we, and meet the person who'd be arranging the wedding, and we just knew straight away. Mm-hmm. Uh, very unusual moment, because I was dressed as Doctor Who at the time. So <laughs> I was going to see my friend's TARDIS that they've got in the shop, so I, I turned up in a bloody dicky bow and my blonde wig and whatever. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, but we just had a vibe straight away, didn't we? Like, yeah. This is it. Didn't need to find anywhere else. Right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Oh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. And who's doing your makeup? You. Yay! <laughs> we'll get that all sorted soon. I know. I know. I'm so, I'm, honestly, I'm so excited about it. I don't think I've ever, <laughs> like, I'm not a huge fan of weddings and I have to do them obviously for work quite a lot. Yeah. And um, although I don't, I don't like advertise as a wedding makeup artist or anything. It's more just like friends or clients and the stuff like that who then get married, and that's all I'll do their makeup for them. Yeah. And I'm always a bit like, oh, 
wedding, ball ache and everything. I'm so excited for this. Oh, shit. I'm so excited. <laughs> Honestly, he's going to look amazing. Um, do you know what you're wearing yet? You do. That You've got your dress already. Well, I don't know about the dress. I am obsessed with wedding dresses. Like, say yes to the dress is my guilty pleasure. And I bought my wedding dress two weeks after I was proposed to. Oh, you got straight on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew what I wanted. Oh, so you, are you going to keep them as a surprise from each other? Well, Yours is going to be a surprise from me. Yeah. What? I'm going wedding dress shopping next week, on, on like a week today. So you're you're coming with me, aren't you, and your mum? So. I will be damned if anything kept me away from seeing your wedding dress. Oh, okay, no, fair enough. I mean, if you're that obsessed with wedding dresses, you need to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, do we have like a theme in mind, like colour-wise or anything like that? We're going, I'm assuming yours is white. Yeah. yeah. We can't, can't assume anything here, can we? Yes, um, I've got um, I've got some nice colourful shoes, haven't I? I've got my wedding yeah. shoes already, like really colourful heels, look really pretty. Mm. I think they'll they'll go quite nicely. And I'm, I'm thinking for me a mermaid dress, Ooh. something quite slim and sort of but shapely. You know what I mean? That'll a bit lacy, really maybe. You've got such a beautiful figure as well, so you, yeah. like that'll just look stunning on you. And are you thinking of going white? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to go white. That's so interesting. Like I just I don't know why, but I presumed that you'd be like like I want to wear a black wedding dress. It it did occur to me, I'm not gonna lie, like the idea well I think we're having black bridesmaids yeah, dresses. We're having oh, black bridesmaids dresses. Yeah. Um I mean if I do see a nice black dress when we go, like I'm not completely ruling it out. Yeah. But I think there's a tiny part of me that likes wants it to be traditional, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. you know. I've never like before had traditional, non traditional yeah, wedding. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's, <laughs> well, this it's is gonna be but unconventional because it's going to be an autumnal wedding, so we're going to have lots of like pumpkins and, and things and of course. and whatnot. It's not going to be a Halloween wedding. It's it's going to be autumnal, but it's like yeah, it's not going to be tacky, but hopefully, yeah, be, hopefully we nice. can keep it tasteful. Yeah, but like still us. I, I need to already start thinking about what I'm going to wear. Yeah. <laughs> Get a hat or something. Do you know what? Yes. I'm 100 percent doing. It. I want a huge hat. Yeah. Yes, um, because I've been to a couple of, of weddings recently, and I haven't, I haven't worn a hat. Um, oh. so I think a hat is needed. But I've got yeah. here, so it's definitely oh, yeah, a hat wedding. Yeah, your mum's got a, a hat. Oh already, yeah, my mum bases her entire outfit around the hat. Yeah, that's that's the mum's job, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She need, you know, she needs to sort of like fuss over everyone in the morning, and and stress about her and hat. <laughs> yeah, that's my mum. <laughs> So you came out, Eliza, um, to your family recently, didn't you? Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that, how it's how that journey has been. Well, it's been everything's sort of happened quite fast, a lot faster than I anticipated. Um it's sort of happened in stages. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the first step of coming out was when Derbyshire Times got in touch with me last year. Mm-hmm. So I posted something on Instagram about some unpleasant bullying I'd had on TikTok. Mm-hmm. some pleasant comments and they'd sort of seen that and sort of asked if I wanted to do an interview with them. I don't know sort of what the audience is for Derbyshire Times but I got in touch with the LGBTQ officer at our school just to sort of basically come out to them and mm-hmm. sort of say look I, d- I just want to let you know that because at the time I was identifying as gender fluid basically I'm gender fluid. Just for the context of it you're so you're a teacher? Oh yeah yeah. Um, yeah you're a teacher in a secondary school? Yeah that's it. There you go. Sorry, keep going. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I, basically, I told them about it just in case like any teachers or students sort of saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't in the end, you know. So, but I just thought 
that was my first little step. And then I started nudging out a little bit more. So I did, we did a school pride day and I, I sort of went sort of in a pink wig and, and whatever and did my makeup for that. So yeah, then last October, um, some of the students found my Instagram, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I wasn't exactly quiet on Instagram. You know, I didn't have a private profile. So it was bad happening eventually. Yeah. I think I was a bit naive and it basically went around the whole school. So everybody knew. And for like a period of like two or three weeks, I was very ill. Like I lost a lot of weight, which I've not regained. So, you know, it really affected me. And then I kind of just got over it and just carried on sort mm-hmm. of going to work, pretend to be a man and whatever, and just letting people think that that was whatever they wanted to think, really. So when, when it all came out in the school, like how did you find out about that? The students were like, I noticed like student accounts watching my stories Ooh. and then like hearing like snide comments in the corridors and things like that. But I wasn't really brave enough to confront it head on. Mm-hmm. And then all this year, like it's kind of been like an open secret. But then I, like in sort of a few months ago now, I had my head on um, volumetric treatment, which is like game changing. And I knew that having this done, I wouldn't be able to just carry on not acknowledging it, if you know what I mean. Like everybody knows anyway. It's going to be pretty obvious I'm going to turn up to work with like longer hair than usual and whatnot. And so I just, sent an email out to everybody like two days after I had this done, told them who I was. And then the day after that, I just started presenting at work and it's just made everything so much easier. So work's been totally fine. Family wise, bit trickier. So I told my mum kind of about Eliza Mm -hmm. back in 2020 because I wanted, I, I do a radio show as well, sort of as a hobby. And I wanted to be Eliza on the radio. So I sort of said to her, like, you know, I'm going to change my, you know, the pictures and the the, the ads on the, the radio to, to reflect this. And I just sort of said, oh, it's just a little character I'm doing. Like, it's just a bit of a change, whatever, if you see it. So it's nothing to worry about. And she was totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. But then she realised that I was going out and about in makeup and stuff. So she freaked out. Oh, gosh. Right. And it's like, we had a year of quite unpleasant messages from her, didn't we? Mm. And like sort of things like, oh, the, the, what will the family think? You know, you'll, you'll always be a man, you'll be this, that. You have really horrible messages. Yeah. And then the other week, it was a few weeks ago, we were at a festival, weren't we? Mm. And she messaged you again about, I can't remember what she said, but you basically messaged about saying, look, she's Eliza, she's, she's a woman, this is who she is. Mm. Expecting an argument, like expecting my mum to come back like, but, you know, going to off. To be fair, I'd have like a pint of passion fruit martini. I was feeling Which a bit a blurry. So I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm, <laughs> just, gonna balls, her, eh? I'm just gonna tell her straight. Yeah. I'm just gonna tell her what it is. Cause I think it part of it was Eliza's mum was a bit in the unknown and felt like she didn't have she's one of these people who sees the news and believes everything she sees, you know, so she, all these negative stories about trans yeah. people and people being transition, that's what she's being fed. Yeah. But she messaged, you messaged her. Yeah. And then she messaged back and she said, I know, you know, I, I completely accept it. Like a complete U-turn. Mm. Like just, and within minutes, she'd done a massive post on Facebook saying, you know, this is my daughter, this, you know, and it's like, what, you know, I, I, it's like I've slipped into a parallel reality. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why on Facebook, like, I've changed my name and everything, which felt so much better because I thought I don't need to pretend anymore. I can start sharing, you know, my journey with my friends and family, not just on Instagram, but yeah. my closer friends and you know, family and whatnot. And 
they've all been fantastic. Like they've oh, all so happy to hear that. Yeah, I'd like because we we were worried about like the wedding list and stuff, like who we're going to invite because my family aren't going to want to come yeah. or whatever, and it's just. Well, that's it's the just thing. It, it was like a massive question mark over the wedding because it literally could have been a case of fifty percent of the guests might not turn up. Yeah, I guess it's just it's a relief on that front yeah. as well that your family can be there yeah. and actually be supportive. Yeah, and my my friends have been great as well. I I feel really lucky because I know that some people have have a lot of issues like with either friends or family or whatever, but. I've, everybody's like just been so nice mm. and accepting like I've not lost anyone which is not what I expected yeah like we, do, in, we in, fear it so much don't we this like you know yeah. it's like we hear so many stories of people sort of losing everyone and, and this that and the other and and it's I actually think that nowadays I hear more stories about how it's the exact opposite yeah you, you build it up in your head like for me I was terrified of going to work like this like I was absolutely terrified like it made me feel safe it was my worst nightmare and it's been fine like it's been absolutely fine like even the worst bit about it is having to get up earlier in the morning to do my makeup like that's that's the worst thing but the kids have been great the staff have been great it's I think sometimes you just worry too much because Mm -hmm. you see the horror stories you know sort of on the news and whatever and you think well this is going to be absolute hell and people are actually by and large nice Mm. And even, I always say, like, even if you don't understand it, you can still accept it. Like, you don't need to understand why somebody's trans or why they're gay or why they're this or that. Just accept it. Accept that they are. That's it. Yeah, just be a a decent bloody human being about it and understand and sort of see that person for who they are. Because that's the thing. And um, we do, like, when when you're out and open and you're living everyday life, we're lucky that in this part of the world and you know, is more accepting and we can walk freely down the streets and people don't bat an eyelid. And especially the younger generation, that's one of the interesting things I think about about yourself because you are a teacher and you work in a secondary school. And I um I have so many conversations with a lot of my clients who come to me, for example, wow gals who are teachers and they are so, so, so deeply in the closet about wanting to cross-dress. They're not even trans and then you know they want to be able to go and explore this, but they are so terrified. Yeah. Because they work in a school and they think that if it comes out, it's going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to them. But it's just yes. that fear of, of of what if. I even remember my, my sister's gay. And um, she, I mean, she's very lucky because she lives in Brighton. So literally gay is part of the world. But she was advised whenever she first started teaching not to open up about her sexuality to people. Uh, wow. But she wasn't, I think I'm right in saying that she wasn't in Brighton at the time. She was somewhere sort of like a bit more north. Okay. Um, a bit more of a conservative area, but people found out and they were fine about it. They yeah. were absolutely fine about it. And now, you know, now she's very open, very gay in her school, and they have a very sort of like they, I'm pretty sure they they have conversations about transness in the and she's in the primary school, and it's like oh fantastic. Oh, um, yeah, she's my sister's always replying to things that I put up on social media and sort of saying like, oh, I do this at school, and we talk about this and stuff, and like I think it's really. The education system is changing, even though there's people obviously who are in the government and stuff who are really trying to roll that back and push it back. Yeah. I believe in in the that our general society doesn't want that to happen and that they understand and they see that things are moving forward and that we'll continue to move forward. Yeah, totally. Like you say as well, the kids are just so in tune with what's going on. Like things like everything from RuPaul's Drag Race to um, like Heartstopper and things like that, it's, it's giving them this this information that I didn't have when I was growing up, you know, like everything's just opened up so much. You know, the, the people who do oppose it, you know, they are a minority. It's just unfortunate that they tend to be louder. Mm-hmm. 
sort of more of aggressive in, in their approach. But yeah, I think I think it's all very positive. Good. I like to think so. So onwards and forth with positivity. Yeah. And with um being a big old tranny whilst working at school. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, one one of the things that's made it easier is the fact that I'm not hiding it anymore. Like, I think the reason the kids were so obsessed is because they were seeing me in work in a suit, it's you know, secret. and then they were seeing all these pictures of me in, in wigs and makeup and stuff. And but now I'm I'm out and about. Like they've got nothing. Yeah, you know, they can't take the mitt anymore because it's just there in front of them. Yeah, and it's, like, not, it's not a joke anymore. Like, yeah, it's not a joke. And it's the unknown is easier to take the mic out of. Them, yeah, it? some of them like they've, they've seen sort of videos I've put on YouTube and things like that and kept quoting them to me. And it's just like all of a sudden that that person that that character or whatever they thought it was is suddenly there in front of them. And all of a sudden it's like real, you know. And it's like it's taken that that edge off a little bit and just made it a bit easier. So like you know, like you said with your sister, you know, like when she was trying to hide it. It was probably worse, but now she's out and about, out and proud, you know, like, it's not an issue anyone. Everybody's yeah. just accepting. No one gives a shit. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, God, old news. And that's the way it should be. I definitely think, though, that it is it is a wonderful thing that we're finally sort of heading towards that. And um, it's, it's really important to just always constantly reassure us that no matter how many times we read in the newspaper or... or you know, there's new articles and stuff like that. There's that things are rolling backwards. Like I'm saying really, really optimistic and just hoping and praying that that isn't actually what's happening. That isn't actually the case because everyone is actually just becoming more accepting. And like you said, because of all the stuff that's in our media now, um, or like all the different shows and things like that, it does, it's changing the way that people understand and think about things. Yeah. I honestly don't think that the government would be able to change anything too drastic you know, without some massive backlash. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's just fear-mongering. It's just trying to get the general public to to be scared or or angry or, or yeah. whatever. But yeah. it's just it's just manipulation. That's all it is. Yeah, and it's there. At the end of the day, the papers are doing it because it sells them, you know, it makes yeah. them money. And then the government, the people in the government, obviously currently while we're recording this, we're, we've got Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak who are trying to become the next Labour MP. Labour MP, <laughs> the next head of the Tories, rather, and um, so they're using trans people and all sorts of stuff like that, and all these divisive little terminologies and things to try and rile people up and win over the votes of of the right wing, basically. Yeah. and uh, that's all they're doing. I actually said to one of my friends yesterday how that I hope that you know, like if you think about um, before Brexit happened and all these, they, they were saying, "Oh, this is going to happen after Brexit. It's going to be like this. It's going to be that. It's going to be fabulous." And they're promising us all these things. Yeah. And then obviously none of that happened. I'm kind of hoping that this is the case now as well with this. They're promising that they're going to roll back these people's rights and they're going to change the education system. And hopefully it's just all empty. And it's when they'll get into office and they'll just go, do you know what? It's quite nice. I'll just sit here and not do anything for a while. Yeah. It, it always happens. It's always a case. Isn't it? You know, they have all these big ideas, like ridiculous ideas, and they won't come to fruition. No. No. All this trust cares about is making sure that she brings the... Uh, what is it she said about bringing cheese back to England? And um, oh God. have you seen a big cheese speech? I've, I've seen, I saw something, I, I saw her mention something about cheese. Oh, so you, you, you watch something, you think, is this a parody or is this real? So everything about that woman is a parody. It's yeah. I, I saw a video the other day of somebody basically just talking about how contradictory she's been over the, the last couple of years. Like mm-hmm. everything she's said, she's also backtracked on. Like there was a massive list of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying this. I'd be a terrible politician. I can't, you know, I can't stay consistent with, that, with anything at all. So I can totally underappreciate it. But I'd never try and be a politician. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got better <laughs> things to do, haven't we? Yes, exactly. Like talking to you two today. Are you babes? You're right. 
Do you think you could take a minute out of your day to do me a huge favour? And just give us a review of the podcast? And um, if you follow us on Instagram, go to Dating the Dolls. And uh, sorry, I got it wrong. Go to Dating the Dolls pod on Instagram. Give us a wee follow. We follow. We really appreciate that, babes. And also, if you just go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. Right, so for the next section, for the last section of the podcast, we're going to do something similar to what I've done with some other people, where we're doing like a quick-fire dating scenario, because I'm trying to like, I think everyone so far that I've had on the podcast has been single, so I'm like, we're all going to sell you a little bit, so we're just going to try and get to know you a little bit more, um, as if we're on a first date. So we're on our first date as a thruple. Okay. So you've seen me across the bar, and um, and you've come over and said, we've seen you across the bar, we'd like to buy you a drink. So I come to sit down and join you, and then um, and I want to get to know you guys. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Um, what are you guys drinking tonight? What are you drinking, buddy? Are you Tap driving? Water. Are you driving? <laughs> so you're I'm dri- always driving. What, what would you be drinking if you weren't driving? If I wasn't driving, amaretto. Amaretto. Mm. I think I'd. It depends. Uh, it could be a gin and lemonade, rhubarb and ginger gin, lemonade, mm. or maybe a Jack Daniels and Coke. Oh yeah, nice options. I can't drink Jack Daniels and Coke though because it's you know those one of those drinks that makes you think of being sick. Oh okay, that's my that's mine. Who's the most fascinating person you've ever met? I suddenly can't think of a single person I know. <laughs> Do celebrities count? Like yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I've met Tom Baker like several times, and he's just like on another level. Like his his sort of mind is somewhere else. It's just so deeply intelligent. Like he's just so clever, but he's just also just so eccentric in a way that I've. I've never seen anybody else be that eccentric in that way. Like, it, it just is on its own, if you know what I mean. Like, there's, there's nobody else like him. I can't explain it. There's just something about him. Well, you're obviously presence. very passionate about him. Yeah, I do love him. Right. What's your favourite films? Oh, God. Um, I've got loads. Like, I love Tim Burton films, so I'm, I'm a massive fan of, like, Batman Returns, Beetlejuice, and now they're for Christmas. Like, oh, like, yeah. You can't go wrong with them, can you? With Nail and I as well something a bit different i don't know if you've seen that no i've heard of it though tell me about it it's, it's basically two out of work alcoholic actors basically who were just living in the 60s in london and it's just, it's just it's not really got a plot like they go they go to their uncle's like cabin in in the countryside mm. for a break and like these are two londoners who've never been out you know of, of the city before and it's just like a really british really funny you know sort of quite dark film like it's a bit plotless, but it's just just one. It's got Richard D. Grant in it. He's one of my favourite actors, so oh, I fact. just adore it. I met him them. once. <gasps> You've met Richard D. Yeah, Grant. I met him. Oh he came to Selfridges when I worked there because he was launching a perfume. That sounds like him. Yes, he's got it a, a, it's got a gender yeah. gender neutral perfume. Jack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it, was, wow. it was awful. The smell. <laughs> was he? Was he not nice? It was supposed to smell like Covent Garden. And uh, one of the carrot, one of the carrots, one of the ingredients in it was carrot, or one of the notes was like carrot. And I always remember thinking this really like random ingredient, mm, carrot. Oh, don't you smell lovely? I smell like a good batch of carrots. Um, he was nice. I literally said hello to him. Hi. Yeah. That was it. Um, yeah, we that, it was quite fun actually when I worked in Selfridges. So quite a few Victoria Beckham came in once. Oh wow! And I saw the top of her yeah. head. Is this in Manchester or London? In Manchester. Manchester. Oh. Yeah, so that's why I think like if you're in one of the London ones, it's more like a, like a like you'd have a lot of celebrities coming in there. 
Yeah. Um, but we we didn't have that many, so whenever anyone came in, although Posh Spice Camp being there was like a big thing. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Maybe my, my colleague were, and I were going up and down in the escalators to try and like find her. So we're like trying to find excuses, like, oh, we're just going to go and like take these bags up or like go and just, <laughs> I don't know, get some coins or something like that. And uh, if you, I don't know if, if anyone who hasn't been in the Selfridges in Manchester, but it's basically the the middle sort of section of the building is all escalators. So when you go up, you can kind of look over to the different platforms. So we would just spend like most of the day going up and down these escalators. And then eventually this little crowd formed and we we're like, oh my God, this, this is actually happening. And I could just see her little little head bobbing around. And I was like, oh, that's Victoria Beckham's head. What, what was, she, was she like promoting something? Or was she yeah, just... clothing brand. Yeah, yeah I want to play. And Faye, what's your favourite films? Oh, um... Hunt for the Wilder People. That's such a good film. Yeah. Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's a, it's by Taika Waititi. Oh, okay. He um, did four. It's mm-hmm. one, one of his like first big films. Um, it the plot sounds like it should be really rubbish. You, you're basically following like a young kid who's been put into the foster care system, mm-hmm. and him and his um, like foster dad, uh, who's very reluctant to have him, end up getting lost in the wilderness and they have to survive out there. But it's just like, it's so quirky. Um, it's a very funny film. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Um, what's your favourite restaurant that you've ever been to? Oh no, I've got too many. Oh, go on. Oh, because you're a chef, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we do like uh, Indian Blues in town. Indian Blues is nice, yes, it's an Indian Indian. restaurant, really nice. They do cheese rice, which is just rice, cake and cheese, it's the most amazing thing. Cake me and cheese. Ridiculous amount of cheese as well, it's not like a little sprinkling, it's like, there's more cheese cheese and rice, it's just heavenly. That's a good local one. Yeah. I like the the fancy schmancy ones as well, Duke and Lowe's. Oh, that was nice, Duke and Lowe's in, in Sheffield, that was really nice. Yeah. Really good food. Um, what's the place in? Is it Mamas and Leonis in yeah. in Sheffield? It's an Italian place that do the best lasagna I've ever tasted mm-hmm. in my entire life. Like it's it's an it's unbeatable. Basically, anywhere that does cheese, anything yeah. cheesy. Yeah. What would your perfect holiday destination be? I've always wanted to go to Galapagos or New Zealand. New Zealand, if good. Oh, that would be stunning. Any particular reason why? Hobbits. Um, not just the hobbits. I think I'd like to go to Japan. Oh my god! Because like, it just yeah. seems like such an interesting place, and like there's some really unusual, strange bars. Like there's a horror bar, like where Ooh. like people in dungeons and things that chase you and stuff while you're eating, and it's like all the cocktails come in like weird, like test tubes and like potions, and it's just like just stuff like that. Just really, and yeah. there's a Godzilla hotel, like a, a life-size Godzilla, like standing next to it, and sort of. You can see its eye if you get get the right room, like here and in that year, and like oh, one of the so rooms cool. is like claw. It's just really different. I love shit like that. Okay, cutest animal, and then the ugliest animal. Um. Well, I I like turtles. Cutest animal. Oh. Got a little tortoise called Nigel, and I love his tiny face. Oh my god, do you? Yeah. I didn't know this. Where's Nigel? Show me Nigel. Oh, Got me to come grab him. Yeah. He doesn't weigh on me. Try not to spook him. I won't. It'll be okay. Oh, we're, we're getting Nigel for you. Thank Don't you. worry. Thank he's he's on his Nigel. way. I'm going to describe Nigel for anyone who's listening. Um, and then, Faye, who would, you say, who would you say? What would you say is the ugliest animal? Oh, there's this kind of bird. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, wait, here's Nigel. Here he comes. Nigel. 
Oh, hello, Nigel. Oh, he's beautiful. Thank you. I say that like I produced him myself. Thank you. Yes. So I'm um, I'm being presented with a. I just say, is it, is it tortoise or a turtle? He's an Indian star tortoise. So he's an got a, like star a star tortoise. pattern on his shell. You can see the all the like yellow. Yeah, strami. like he actually genuinely he's really beautiful. Yeah, wow. he's my best pal. The cutest little eyes as well. I love his little eyes. He's okay. out as well. He's saying hello to you. This yeah, is Nigel being nice. Hello, Nigel. All right, thank you. Oh, he's just weed on Nick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nigel's made himself known. He doesn't like to be um, too disturbed. Yep, he's weed all over my sleeve. You're just going to have to sit next to that now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, okay, well, the ugliest animal then is Nigel doing a piss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nigel, when he's not behaving. Um, no, there's a bird. I can't remember what it's called, but it looks really angry. It's got a massive bill. And, like, it has two babies all the time, and it only feeds the strongest baby and just lets the other one die. Oh, wow. that's, that's horrible. Really, yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it's called. Very but nasty it's, like, bird. harrowing. Um, Eliza, you should know this. What animal I really don't like? Sloths. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, like... Like, actually, phobic of sloths. Is it the claws? Is it everything about them. I've got a lot better now because I've just had to because everyone just thinks it's funny to send me pictures of them all the time. <laughs> so you sort of can be sensitized. Yeah, and I just like happily scrolling through TikTok and then and then this just the horror, just everything about them. They're just so. I just really don't like them. Right, I've got, I'm going to ask you one more question. How did you come to love one of your favorite musicians? Do you want to go? Kate. Ooh, Kate, yeah, you, you took the word out of Kate Bush. Oh my gosh, I, I love her. She, I don't really listen to music. The, the only musician I actively go out my way to listen to is Kate Bush. I just think she's incredible. I, I first heard Wuthering Heights back in 2012 hmm. on a comic relief, I think it was. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was just like, oh my God, who, who is this new artist? And my mum was like, it's this Kate Bush. Kate Bush. And then when she came on Stranger Things and everyone was like running up that hill vibe, I was like, oh my God, she's back on the radio. My time has come. And Eliza, what about you? I'm a big music fan, a heavy metal fan in, in particular. Um, I love Alice Cooper. <laughs> like, I absolutely adore him. And I think for me, it's his only ethos of like, Back, in, back when he started out, there were all these sort of really heroic rock gods strutting about sort of with the big hair and sort of looking very beautiful and singing about songs of love and joy and whatever. And he just wanted to feel like the weird villain, like the, the bad guy in the corner sort of playing with dolls with like big black circles around his eyes and just bringing a bit of horror into it and just mixing it up. Mm-hmm. But even though he's like, he's done the whole horror thing all this career like albums about serial killers and whatever he's still a really nice man like mm-hmm. he, he separates the artist you know from from his personal life mm. you know and it just seems like really down to earth and lovely but with that little macabre edge it's, it's just different there's just something about him that that just really speaks to me like I, i'm I completely love him oh, i love that so just to start wrapping things up is there anything any kind of advice or anything you'd like to say to the people out there in regards to um relationships and I think Faye I'm kind of putting this a little bit more to you here like if your partner was to come out to you as trans is there anything that you think any kind of like words of wisdom that you'd maybe want to lend them or or just anything you want to say to to someone who's in that position take your own time to process how you feel about it even like your initial 
I'm scared about this reaction because while it's just you two together, it's so easy to just exist, but the rest of the world have a lot of opinions about it. Someone always wants to tell you their opinion on your relationship. So I'd like to say it doesn't affect your relationship. It affects the way the world treats you. So, like, make sure you give yourself time just to reflect on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just look after yourself in the relationship as well Mm -hmm. Uh, while you're being there for your partner because they're going to go through a lot of emotional changes and physical changes. Just protect your headspace and talk to your partner about how you feel about it as well. You know, like you're you're in it together. Yeah, oh, that sounds like lovely advice. Would you? Is there anything you'd like to add to that, Eliza? Yeah, I'd I'd just say, basically, don't be scared of being yourself. Live your truth and sort of obviously consider what other people think, but don't hold yourself back. Mm-hmm. You know, and if if you are in a relationship with somebody and it doesn't work, out, you know, if, if this is you and the relationship doesn't work, then. You know, you, you need to do what's best for you at the end of the day. You're, you're going to spend the rest of your life as yourself. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of make sure that your life is, is as easy as possible for you. And if, if a relationship doesn't work out, then that, that's just what it is. But don't be afraid to sort of blossom, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so easy to become trapped in who you are and sort of hiding away. And it's, it's awful to see, it's awful to hear about. And, you know, life's too short. You know, but I'd also be tactful in, in the way, you, you know, if you do come out to somebody, you know, do it sort of engage as a conversation rather than just dropping it on somebody, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, makes, you know, sort of talk about it. Talk, talking is key. Yeah, communication is always key. Yeah, communication, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. My brain's still a bit well, present, no, well, Like you said it perfectly. Um, that's perfect. Really, really nice advice. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, I just want to end up here by saying, like, how much I think you're both incredible. Um, I think the things that you're you're both doing I think Faye from like you supporting your partner and being there and being an absolute rock for Eliza I think is amazing and Eliza you're being quite sort of out there open in uh, with the public and like you've always sort of been someone who's really like just as as long as I've known you you've you've kind of you've just been very authentically yourself on social media yeah and it's been really beautiful to watch your journey and sort of like and that become you become even more you over yeah. the past what two two years I've known you, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've sort of landed. If that makes sense, like I've still got a way to go, but I do feel like this is the most me I've I've ever felt. Really, yeah. Does that makes yeah. sense. Well, it it shines through, and I think you're both a gorgeous example of a couple who are who are thriving. And I cannot wait to do you glam. Oh, <laughs> I'm, <so excited. laughs> I'm just so excited. I don't think you're gonna be like able to prepare yourself like how glam you're gonna be. <laughs> It's going to be the best thing ever. So, thank you so much, both of you, for coming and talking to me today. Thank you for having us. It's been lovely, Patty. It's been really nice. Good. It's nice to have a catch up. Yeah. Um, And especially as, like, like I said, you had a late night, late night last night, so you've taken some moment out of your day to spend up with me, and I really, really appreciate (laughs) that. Thank you. Absolutely fine. It's been wonderful. Fabulous. Well, um, let's say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.